Welcome back to So Wait Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hey. Hi, a long time since we've been behind this mic. Yeah, we had um, Christmas and New Year's, and we didn't really do too much with that. Yeah, so I guess people who are listening probably, they felt the hiatus before the hiatus, right? Because we published an episode. <laughs> yeah, it was just that delayed we delayed a little bit. Yeah, that we recorded before the holidays. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to be back. So I feel like we need to talk about our Christmas adventures. That was kind of a mess. <laughs> Literally the definition of a mess. So, so many things went wrong. <laughs> like, so many. So for the Christmas holidays, we always go see my family, which live in Alabama. My parents live an hour outside Birmingham, like in the middle of nowhere. My sister and her family, they live in Birmingham. And so anytime we go to see my family, we kind of just bypass an entire city and go straight to the middle of nowhere to go see my parents. Which we should know that they live like on a cool lake. Yeah, it's thing. just like not our scene necessarily. I mean, we <laughs> enjoy hanging out at the lake a little bit. I mean, I mean, I I thoroughly enjoy it. You do not enjoy it at all. No, that's not true. I mean, I enjoy going. It's just you know, I'm more like a city person. I, d- I don't like you don't, you don't do well of just like sitting around. Right, and that's my biggest thing. I need things to do, and right. there isn't anything to do. Right, not Whereas, within like a hundred miles <laughs> right whereas for me like i'm catching up with like my family and i'm completely happy just to like sit around on a dock and talk and drink and, and that's basically all we do right so sean gets a little bit antsy well i mean that's fine for a couple of days I, i've always been that way my parents used to go camping and i used to like get so antsy when we were out camping they used to go camping all the time in california and then that place burned down yeah so you had the idea that we should go down a couple days early And go stay in Birmingham for a couple nights. Yeah, I mean, because we had only seen, like, two things. Right. (laughs) We had been to Baumhauer's, which is, like, a Buffalo Wild Wings, like, a regional (laughs) Buffalo Wild Wings that is specific to Alabama. And then, I mean, what else? Like, just the movie theater. (laughs) We went to the mall one time. Yeah. (laughs) Either right before or after there was a shooting at that mall. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I think there was a shooting a couple months after we were there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really good idea by Sean. You like completely kind of took over kind of planning and organizing that. I mean, I wanted to actually see something in Birmingham and we had stopped by just to go to Jenny's ice cream on the way back. And that (laughs) is what really gave me the motivation to want to go because I was like, okay, it has a cool street like little kiosk thing Mm -hmm. that you can go get Jenny's ice cream. It was right next to this kind of like food hall ish thing that had a um, kind of like nice upscale coffee shop. And so when I saw that, that little tiny square, that's what I was like, oh, we should come do stuff. And we'd been to a couple breweries, but other than that, nothing else. So, I mean, in my mind, there was stuff to do in Birmingham. Right. So I couldn't really, just given the timing, like, of what was going on that week, I couldn't really take off work. So, like, we decided we'd go down, like, on a Sunday night, and I would work from our hotel through the week. And then, like, when I'd get off work is when we'd kind of go do our exploring and go eat and whatnot. So I needed to be set up and working, like, ready to go, like, at 8 a.m. on Monday. So we needed to go down Sunday. And so we're like, well, instead of like staying in the hotel on Sunday night, why don't we go stay with my sister so we can spend some time with our nephews and whatnot. And then, you know, I'd work from her house that morning and then we'd go get into our hotel and whatever. Well, maybe like Thursday before 
that Sunday we're supposed to go down, I get a call from my sister that they all have COVID. Yeah. So very quickly <laughs> needed to pivot. And the, the biggest crux of all of this is that like I had a, a meeting at like 830 on Monday morning. <laughs> like I couldn't, we could not like travel down on Monday. And at this time currently we didn't have a hotel room. Right. Or yeah. anything. So I decided that, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to use some Hilton points. I'll find a hotel located downtown, be able to work from that. And then we can go change to whatever hotel Sean booked because this, the premise of this entire thing was kind of like, it was a Christmas gift to me from Sean. So he really planned the entire thing. And I had, I knew none of the details. Yeah. Well, and what I had planned was pretty good. Uh, not all of it was able to happen, but it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so I book the hotel. I tell Sean, I'm like, hey, found this Hilton Hotel. It's a Korea collection. Um, I was able to book, like, pay for it with my Hilton honors points. Told him the plan. And to which you said... Oh, that I had already booked that exact same place. <laughs> <laughs> that was where we were booked to stay for the next two days. So I like got to call the hotel and be like, hey, this is really weird. But like we have two reservations. Like, Can we make sure that we're staying in our same room? You know, the that place really upsold itself because it was one of the oldest hotels if not the oldest hotel in downtown Birmingham and it had a rooftop bar uh, the pictures look nice they had yeah. decorated for Christmas yeah like so it had been completely like renovated so the pictures they had I mean it was gorgeous I like I'm, I mean like whenever I booked it I was like oh this would be like a fun little holiday splurge like you know like mm-hmm. and I mean it wasn't like that expensive or anything but you know like it felt like I was choosing a special location over like you know an embassy suite or a garden inn something like that you know right well I mean like the location wasn't bad it was central at least in downtown I don't know if anywhere could have been better in terms of location yeah because well, that plays into the rest of this story, but there's no easy way to walk around downtown. Mm-hmm. I'd say it is walkable, but there's so much construction and like one way streets and mm-hmm. like that are have like barricades and there's so many issues to right. traversing downtown. Right. So, you know, we had down there on Sunday. We would get there like around like 4.45, 5 p.m. ish on a Sunday. Of course, it's downtown. So like, you, you know, you pull up to it and it's really like you pull up to the street and you're there it's not real, it doesn't have like a big like awning or anything like where you can pull up park and go check yeah in and it's and just everything. on the street and there's no garage attached to it or anything like that right so we we pull up well the no- number one thing that we notice as we're you know driving through downtown to get to the hotel is that it's deserted yeah the whole ci- <laughs> the whole city is deserted not just the street it's every single street we drove down was like a ghost town Right. And again, should emphasize this is specifically to downtown Birmingham. Yeah. And I mean, five o'clock seems a little early. I mean, it's a Sunday and I guess like everything's closed on Sundays there, but it's just, it's the only city I've ever been to. Like it was like deserted, like eerily. So yeah. I mean, I have never been to any city that was as deserted as that was in the middle of the day. Yeah. So, you know, we're taking note of that. We pull up to the curb of the hotel because we see like the valet stand. No valet guy out there, but we see a valet stand. And then as we're sitting there trying to like figure out what we're doing, we see, you know, a, a patron of the sidewalk with a Michelob Ultra in their hand. I honestly don't know if she was homeless. I, I think she was just drunk. I mean, yeah. she was wearing like a long coat and had like a purse and various other things. I don't know. I mean, like she could have been homeless, but I think she was just drunk. I think she was just ambling the streets drunk. Yeah. Regardless of living situation, this woman was out of sorts, 
holding a Michelob Ultra and banging on the front door of the hotel. <laughs> yeah, not calling for anyone, just banging on it. Yeah. And it's not like it was locked. You Like, there was no, like, system by which you had to, like, swipe something to get in. Right. She could have walked in, I guess. But instead, she just banged on the door. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this is just our very first impression of the hotel as we pull up. There's no one there at the ballet, which was quite all said. It's fine. I understand, like, them wanting to stand indoors. And then a drunk person just banging on the door. <laughs> well, and, you know, this is at 5 p.m. Yeah. This whole story would have made sense if we were somewhere at, like, midnight. Yeah. Or past midnight. It felt, it, like, in that moment, it felt so late. It felt like it was, like, 1 a.m. Yeah. We walked from there to somewhere else to get dinner, and I could have sworn that it was, like... 2 a.m. when we got back, but we got back before 10. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we went to many places after that. Like, we went, we stopped at at least a couple different places. Right. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know why it was like that. I mean, of course, like, it's winter, so it's getting dark earlier. Right? So, like, that was part of it. It was very dark by, by like, 8 and b- right. before 8. At 5, it was probably already dark when we pulled up. Right. But I don't know. It's just like that. It was kind of weird. Nobody even parked on the street. And it didn't even look like anybody lived downtown. Right. Which is the weirdest thing. So, like, I know that in some places, you know, like, the suburbs are still bigger than the downtown areas, even though that trend has mostly reversed in many places. I guess it hasn't reversed there. I guess everybody's still living out in, like, the suburbs, the more suburb, like, type areas. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the case. And I don't even know what what you consider a a suburb in Birmingham. Like, how far out you have to go before your suburb. It's not that far. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what if it was, like, Memphis, you know, like, where you have, like... East Memphis is not a suburb. Like, you know, like where my sister lives, like their house is maybe 10 minutes from our hotel and they're in the suburb of Vestavia Hills. Hmm, I see. Well, so that was our first introduction to this. Then the valet guy eventually comes and we ask what valet was like. And he said $35. A night. A night per night. Mm -hmm. Um, which one across, uh, literally across the street was a completely empty parking lot where you could pay per night for like $7. Yeah. <laughs> Not only could you just drive into it and park there, this is by across the street. It's like 10 feet across the street. Yeah. Like there isn't like a multi-lane road separating it. It is a right. two lane, one way on each side. <laughs> yes. No. So it's like, it's right there. And that's where the valet parks. <laughs> so I don't know what the point of $35 a day right. is. And then he was like, I mean, I guess you could valet. <laughs> yeah, like, he's very confused that, by the notion we're even asking about valet. <laughs> that is his job. Like, what, why does he work there? <laughs> right. And I will say at this point, we didn't know what the price of the lot was like for a full day. But when we ultimately... Well, I knew it wasn't $35. Yeah. But when we ultimately decided that we were not using the valet and parking, you know, the 10 feet away, found out that it was like $6.80 for a full day. <laughs> We ended up paying just barely over $20 for the whole thing instead of $35 a night. I don't know. It made made more sense when we were in Knoxville and we used valet there and the parking garage is like not that close. And even though you could easily park there and then walk to the hotel, it's just so much easier. This was not that case. This was like, it would be longer to wait for the valet. It's like the one time that we went to the uh, restaurant downtown where we paid for valet and the valet got in the car and literally moved like... (laughs) <laughs> two feet forward and parked it and was like okay there you go <laughs> yeah. and then when we went to go get the car he wouldn't even go get it for us he just gave us the keys and he told us to walk over there <laughs> well because it was it was right in front of us <laughs> yeah he couldn't have pulled it up any closer than it was <laughs> right <laughs> and yet we paid for it 
Oh, that was so stupid. But anyway, so we get in. The lobby looks beautiful. It's been re- beautifully redone. We get to our room. Not so much. Like, it wasn't bad. It was just, like, kind of dingy. Uh, I mean, the room itself wasn't dingy. Aspects of things were dingy. Yeah. It, the rooms did not match what it was selling. Oh, yeah. No, it's by far the worst curio collection I've ever stayed in. Right. You can tell the photos online, they really like took the brightness filter and upped it like 20 <laughs> times because those rooms were just very dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the whole thing was just a little off. Like everything about it was just a little off. Like how even like the shower was really nice, but then like the shower leaked somehow. Yeah, like it was like there was like a swimming pool in our... Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how that happened. I, it was just like leaking out the side of the glass. Is it was literally because the glass was not installed correctly. Yeah, it's, it's like that was the issue. So it was like the bed was fine. Like the curtains were fine. It wasn't like it was super ratty and it looked like it had been renovated. Mm-hmm. But there were just things about it that were not right. And it looked like literally like everything had been kind of like painted over and like, yeah, you see? Like, it's like those TikToks of the landlords. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> they just paint straight over <laughs> like the sockets and everything else. It was exactly like that. And then the worst part is that later that night, after like we'd unpacked and we're settled in, I decided to take a quick shower before bed. And we're talking like it's like 1130 p.m. And shut the door and see that there's a used towel hanging up. Which yep, that too. Really grossed me out, especially in pandemic times. But in non-pandemic times, that's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I didn't understand how that happened. I guess it was on the back of the door and they didn't remember it was there or something yeah, like stupid. that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it makes no sense to me, but I don't know. Uh, the service wasn't great. The people at the like stand, was they were fine. Like the check-in, check-out oh, yeah, desk, those people were fine. fine. Um, so on the Sunday night, we were, you know, trying to find things to do and whatnot. And we see that the rooftop bar in our hotel is one open until like midnight, which was like nice. Yep. Um, and that it's like one of the like number one top rated bar rooftop bars in the city. And again, we had just been to Knoxville not that long ago in, in November, early in November. Mm-hmm. And uh, our hotel there had a rooftop bar and it was like gorgeous. Yeah. Like so nice. You could see, you know, the whole downtown. Nothing's that tall in Knoxville, but, you know, you could see most of everything. And the bar itself felt like high end. Yeah, absolutely. So we're like, oh, this is awesome. So, uh, you know, we confirmed with the front desk that the rooftop bar was still open and whatnot. And at this point, it's probably like, what, like 9 p.m.? Yes. Uh-huh. And again, on a Sunday where obviously nothing is open. Right. Except so, for bars. We did find out no. that it's weird because everything closes on Sunday, I guess, for church or something like that. But all the bars stay open. So I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We had a very hard time trying to find like something to eat for dinner at like 5 p.m. Yeah, literally no restaurants. I mean, fast food, but not one local restaurant was open. Yeah. Except for the nightmare that we went to. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, for the rooftop bar, which happened after the, the dinner, we go and we drop off some stuff in our room and then we're like, okay, we'll go up to the bar. So call the elevator, get in there, press the button for the bar. And it's like not lighting. Like it's not letting us choose that as an option. Right. I don't know why they had a button. What's right. the point of a button for a floor it can't go to? Right. And so we went down to the lobby and told them like, Hey, that's weird. And they're like, Oh, it's because only the other elevator um, goes to the rooftop bar. And I'm like, okay, but when we call the elevator, the other one is the one that comes. And they're like, yeah. So what you have to do when that happens is you have to like get inside it real quick, press a random floor and jump out before the door closes. Then you can call the elevator 
and the other one will come to you. It makes absolutely no sense. And I feel like that's a perfect summation of our stay at that hotel. Yeah. <laughs> you would think that you just have like a different button, right? If right. only one elevator could go to the top, put them on different buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, what the Knoxville one did do. Because yeah. only one elevator went to the top there too. Yeah. Because it was so far up. Yeah. But I mean, I'm pretty sure you just hit a different button. Yeah, I don't know. It was ridiculous. And then we get up there. It's like, I don't know, 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tiny. <laughs> There's like four seats. Uh, clearly people there like on dates or something like they looked like they were dressed up like they were going out for a night on the town. Yeah, I mean, it really was really tiny. And granted, like, it's a rooftop bar and it was really cold outside. So, like, they didn't have, like, the outdoor portion open. So, like, we really can't speak to, like, how nice maybe the outside might have been. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess that's true. I guess, like, the rooftop bar downtown in Memphis would look like that if the outside wasn't open. Like, the one in Madison. Right. I guess it'd just be a hallway. Yeah. At that point, kind of. So this was like a really small room with really poorly applied snakeskin wallpaper, which I can totally get into the snakeskin wallpaper. Like that would be, you can do that in a fun way. This looked like, yes, my nephew used to put up the wallpaper. The whole thing was just kind of like (laughs) trashy a little bit. And again, people dressed up. These are people that clearly were on date nights or something. I don't know Mm -hmm. how, because nothing is open. (laughs) I guess this was their date night, going and sitting for like an hour at the rooftop bar at this hotel. But uh, the bartender walks out and again, just had been, just had been to a nice rooftop bar. Been to multiple rooftop bars in Mm -hmm. multiple cities. Nashville, tons Mm -hmm. of rooftop bars. Mm -hmm. And not one of them has there ever been a bartender (laughs) that walked out in pajamas. (laughs) And it wasn't Halloween. No. This was clearly like somebody saying like, I hate my job. I'm going to wear not real pajama pants. Like think like just generic sweatpants. Yeah. Like sweatpants, like solid, but they looked like pajama pants. Right. They, they were I like, mean, fleece. Probably, it's probably because she was wearing slippers with them that we really felt like it was pajama. Well, pants. and a, like a hoodie and like, yeah, like a hoodie. Clearly not the attire. You think that yeah. you would have a bartender in a rooftop bar. Right. And she was very kind. Oh yeah. She was nice. But I made a, you know, like I made a very quick determination that like there would be no like fancy drinks happening here. So I was like, okay, I'll just take like a dirty martini. Very hard to screw up. So she's making the drink straight into the standard party punch cup, like the plastic clear punch cups. Yeah. Like you buy a Kroger or Yeah. Like the, like what you go to a conference, you go to anything, you get a glass of the house wine. Like that's what it comes in. Yep. So she's making the drink straight into that, which I'd never seen. And then she poured like 18 olives. (laughs) She basically poured a jar of olives into my drink. And I was like, okay, let's. let's I can't even remember what I ordered. I do. You ordered an old fashioned. Well, I remember Mm -hmm. old fashioned. There's a special type of old fashioned. Because remember, I I ordered it and she was like, oh, that's been so popular this weekend. Yeah. And they ran out of something that was supposed to go. There was no orange. She had no orange peel. Oh, for the old fashioned. Um, one of the like three things that you put in it. And so you're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fine. And so again, she takes out the, the conference wine glass and just is straight up just pouring some bourbon and a, some dash and some bitters. And so there you go. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. It was not mixed at all. No, uh, there was no like stirring. No, it was, <laughs> it was quite the experience. It and felt like being at like a house party in undergrad. It did. 
And like, then we paid thirty dollars for those including, two drinks, including the way the person was dressed. <laughs> yeah, I'm one hundred percent sure that I've had a drink made for me by someone wearing a hoodie and pajama pants. For sure, maybe that was the vibe they were going for. I doubt it. Uh-huh. Again, somebody was wearing a suit. Yeah, there was literally a man uh, who looked like he was on a date wearing a suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And she asked if we wanted to keep our tab open. I was like, well, there's nowhere to set up here, so we're gonna go back to our room. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> but you know, like, so that's the Sunday. And if, if that was just Sunday, you know, whatever, I, I could get over it. Monday comes around and the city is still not open. To be fair, it's the, it's the week of Christmas. I think like we didn't see like a lot of people who work downtown. One, because they're probably remote. And two, like a lot of people take off the week of Christmas. Yeah, I don't mean close. how empty it was. I, I could expect that if it's around the holidays. Mm-hmm. I meant more like the hours of everything started on Tuesday at best. Yeah, no, you're correct. And some things, the hours didn't even start until Wednesday. Right. So we're like doing this entire like exercise just because like we wanted to like see some cool Birmingham things we never get to do. Yeah. And like good or good restaurants. They have some very high, highly rated restaurants. And uh, we could, we, we had a reservation for one that uh, we could not go to because <laughs> it got canceled the day of. Uh, they had really nice places. The food was good. We, we did end up going to nice places and the food was really good at, at both of them, but it just felt weird. It felt weird that the whole city doesn't eat dinner on Monday. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like we talked to somebody at a wine bar. Uh, one of the bartenders was telling us that. Do you, do you still call them bartenders at a wine bar? I don't know. I don't know if there's any difference in term, but she was really nice. She told us that people hadn't moved back downtown yet. So I mean, like maybe that's part of it. You know that yeah. it's just like the pandemic really hit the downtown and. Because people weren't living there. I don't know. It's still like, you know, there was barely a lunch option on Monday. It's kind of weird. There's like Jimmy John's and then (laughs) (laughs) like the place that we did to go, which was really good. Right. But I I don't know. It uh, felt really dead. Much more dead than uh, Memphis would if you went downtown in the middle of a a Monday. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for sure. I will say that we did end up eating some really good food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everywhere we went, the food was pretty good, except for the very first place we went, which was supposed to have the best burger and did not. Yeah, that was a disaster. (laughs) I just remember taking the first bite and being like, this tastes vaguely like seafood. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not what you want to say about your burger. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was terrible. But all in all, we kind of survived our Birmingham trip. Yeah, I mean, it was still good. It it wasn't exactly what I envisioned. I envisioned we've got we've done a trip like this before. Uh, like when we went to D.C. and mm-hmm. New York and things like that. And of course, those are going to be more eventful mm-hmm. than than going to Birmingham or Memphis or something like that. But at the same time, we've I've been to a lot of cities. <laughs> I've been through or lived in a lot of different cities. Right. And this is the first one that felt like, that, like this. Right. So I don't know. Maybe post pandemic, we'll give it another try. Yeah. See how things are going then. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we did it, but. I don't know. I don't really think we can really recommend a Birmingham trip right now. If you like breweries, those are all open and they're all good. Yeah. We went to Cahaba Brewing and that was uh, that was a really cool space. I would definitely go there again. Yeah. I mean, everything was cool at all the breweries that we passed. And a lot of them are like walking distance. You could do kind of like a beer crawl type thing. Yeah, for sure. They're in like a warehouse type district. But yeah. that, that's also kind of next to a trendier, like hipstery part of town. That's yeah. at least what it felt like to me. It felt like a little bit like Nashville. Right. In that part of town where we went to uh, Term Tab. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Go there sometime. Maybe not right now. <laughs> 
Well, I'm excited that it's movie night. Remind me what we're watching because it's been so long since we recorded. Yeah. So the first movie is Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. With Bill Murray. And have you ever seen that? I probably saw it when I was a lot younger and probably had no, no appreciation for it. Okay. Well, you can get a shot in the dark regardless. Yeah. I can't think of anything. Uh, yeah. So that has Bill Murray as the main person. And then the pairing based on Bill Murray is Garfield. Garfield being the yeah. bad movie, clearly. What? And <laughs> I'll talk about Garfield later. But in terms of Groundhog Day, it came out in 1993. I honestly thought it was like an 80s movie because um, I, I associate Bill Murray so much with like the mid and late 80s. Mm-hmm. But Bill Murray plays the main character. Andy McDowell plays his love interest. Mm, I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. And then uh, somebody else that you'll recognize is Chris Elliott. Is Chris Elliott. He is the uh, mayor in Schitt's Creek. Oh, yeah, that guy. Not my favorite guy, but okay. He was in a lot of comedies, you know, like before yeah. he was on, on that type of thing. So uh, he's in it too. I don't remember him very well. Uh, I don't remember the movie like super well. I do remember. I saw it multiple times growing up. Uh, it was one that used to replay on like Comedy Central and TNT and things like that. Uh, I've seen it multiple times, but uh, because you have not seen it, I'll go ahead and read the synopsis. Mm-hmm which is Phil, a weatherman, is out to cover the annual emergence of the groundhog from its hole. He gets caught in a blizzard that he didn't predict and finds himself trapped in a time warp. He is doomed to relive the same day over and over again until he gets it right. These are my least favorite type of movies. Well, you're about to watch one. Um, It's directed by Harold Ramis, which he directed uh, like Ghostbusters and a bunch of like the famous I think he did Caddyshack, uh, Animal House, all those big, like, 80s and 90s uh, comedies. Right. All right. So you don't really know anything about this movie. So what is your shot in the dark? (laughs) So he's reliving the same day, like, over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. The same, like, single day. So my shot in the dark is that in one of the iterations of this he tries to do it to his advantage, which is, of course, not living, getting it right. So, like, you know, like, knowing the lottery numbers or, like, being able to say, like, the right thing to a girl to get what he wants or something like that. Okay. So, he's, like, uh, instead of learning from the loop. Yeah. He's trying to play, like, play it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's going to be just like that Andy Samberg movie, too. That just yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's too general. I should I should narrow it down to a specific thing. So do I want to choose lottery or do I want to choose like a way to like try to get the girl he wants? Hmm. I feel like lottery's too on the nose. I'm going to stay for a romantic reason. Okay. okay. Yeah, we'll say that. Like I said, this movie inspired a lot of other movies like it where you're stuck in this loop. Just like the Andy Samberg. What was that one called again? Uh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. I did love that one. Yeah. So, I mean, but again, very similar, Mm -hmm. like, notion, right? Mm -hmm. This is probably, I don't, I don't mean, I I can't say definitively if this is the first one, but it's definitely an early one. This is probably the inspiration for most of those types of movies. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see. So, drinking rules. It was on Drunken Me. Number one, take a drink whenever you see a clock. Take a drink whenever someone mentions the weather. I mean, he is a weatherman, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Take a drink when Ned... Well, sorry, I, I misread that one. Take a drink when Phil has an encounter with Ned. Okay. Here's the reason I messed that up. It says, take a drink, Phil has an encounter Ned. 
(laughs) (laughs) They were drunk when they wrote the rules. They wrote it right after the movie. Take a drink whenever someone says groundhog. Take a drink whenever the day starts over. Take a drink anytime anyone drinks anything. And take a drink whenever Phil is being sarcastic or rude. Those are going to be relatively easy to remember. I'm going to say, though, the big ones to focus on would be clock, groundhog, uh, Phil being sarcastic or rude, and the day starts over. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, so like to condense, condense it down in case, in case we forget any of those, but I think it's going to be a good one. I think so too. I'm excited to watch it. I think this also has all the trappings to be a movie I hate. So yeah, could let's be. see how I feel about it. If anything, you can appreciate the feeling of being in this uh, perpetual loop. Yeah. Not by the day, but by the year. As I say, right now, this all feels worse than 2020 to me. And I keep saying that and that in the year 2020, when everything was horrible, I at least had no expectations. Right now, I'm trying to plan my life and live my life, and it keeps getting canceled because someone around me has COVID. Yeah. And it's sending me to a dark place. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, there's been all those memes recently that it's like 2022. It's like 2020, the sequel. (laughs) Yeah. There's no yeah. way around it. Did you see that they found a new variant in Greece that they're calling Delta Cron? <laughs> <laughs> Delta Cron. Delta Cron sounds like a transformer. <laughs> yeah. We can't let them put all the seven variants together. <laughs> they're gonna make the Omega Delta Cron. <laughs> right. uh, anyways. So stupid. That reminds me of the thing I sent you the other day that was like, <laughs> did somebody somewhere like mess up a spell and now we have every variant of COVID from every timeline? <laughs> right. Like just straight up Spider-Man, No Way Home. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, is amazing. Go watch it if you haven't already. And if you haven't already, I don't know what's wrong with you because by the time this has come out, like the movie's been out for like well over a month and like I, d- I can't be friends with you if you haven't seen it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what else I I read about No Way Home is that there was an article written where uh, they talked about how after No Way Home made like $200 million or something like that in its opening week or opening month, I can't remember the time frame, but it was, it made the most money that has been made of any movie the whole pandemic, right? And basically a bunch of movie executives were asking like, how? Like all of these other movies are completely flopping, like Tenet is flopping, uh, you know, last night is flopping. Isn't that what it's called with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? Mm-hmm. Like all these things that were supposed to get like a lot of interest completely flopped. Right. James Bond kind of flopped. It it created this whole like question of what's going on with that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good. Yeah, literally. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those other movies other than the last night. And they weren't that great. Like the la- latest James Bond was fine. I didn't hate it. It wasn't mm-hmm. amazing. I will say it's like the first thing that we got back that was like truly delicious and familiar before all of this, you know, like. Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand that. I mean, technically James Bond, when it came back, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess like Black Widow came out during the pandemic and didn't do so well. But again, that felt like the attacked on piece to the very, very end of the last cycle instead of something like unique and meaningful to the new cycle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a movie that should have been made a long time ago, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then they try to shove it in there real quick. Okay, let's go watch this movie. All right. Okay, bye. And we're back from watching Groundhog Day. What a Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs>
It was so hard to differentiate this movie from every movie that's come after it doing the same thing. Yeah. I feel like in 1993, this is probably like a completely new idea. Mm-hmm. And that watching it in the theaters was like, wow, like repeating the same day. Mm-hmm. But it's just like we, we talked about this during the movie. And I feel like every movie that's come since that has the same premise, whether it's that you die repeatedly every day or that you just wake up every day in the same place or or both. I feel like they recreated almost sometimes scene by scene mm-hmm. <laughs> things from this movie. Here's the one thing I want to give up. Uh this did give me like the normal like skin crawlies that I get with movies about this of like repeating the same thing over and over again. Uh-huh. But I will say that other than like the like the alarm clock going off of like the I got you babe playing yeah. and sometimes the groundhog coming out to see a shadow part, it did do a good job of like not over playing the same scenes over and over again to like emphasize that it's the same day over and over. Like for instance, like during the time that like he's trying to like court uh Rita, Andy mm-hmm. Medallis character. Yeah. Like and he's trying to like, you know, <laughs> say everything that she wants him to say. Mm-hmm. Again, my shot in the dark hit multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> but um instead of like repeating that jaunt like from beginning to end, like it would pick up in like different parts of it, which I really appreciated because I was like, I have to say see the same like series of events over and over and over again. I'm going to kill myself. Right. No, and it definitely didn't make you rewatch the whole thing over and over and over again. They did it in different ways. And then eventually he kind of changes everything that he's doing. It goes through like many different phases of like him realizing he has no consequences, him getting despondent. But again, it, it mirrors what every movie since has done. So I feel like Palm Springs did the same thing, but obviously it's recreating this type of movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the first. We <laughs> Happy Death Day, we talked about. Right. And uh, the sequel to that, and... Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Harry <laughs> <laughs> and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> I don't know when she wrote that. <laughs> but it was probably after 1993. Probably. I bet J.K. Rowling is a huge Groundhog Day fan. I have no clue. Um, all I know is that having to re- rewatch that same movie twice within one movie makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> But from different perspectives. Mm, but is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in any which way, uh, I did feel very nostalgic watching it. And it made me feel like a 90s era. I don't know that I want to be there, but like. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. It definitely reminded me of like so much. Yeah, I, I From agree. the 90s. But in ways, not just like the way they look and like that type of stuff. In, in other ways. Uh, it's hard to kind of describe yeah the way they interact is very 90s like the way they talk the way that their relationship works all of that feels very 90s movie i agree also we got a nice little small cameo of michael shannon in his very first on-screen role yeah he uh, just randomly shows up as uh they're originally in a diner him and his fiance are getting married and in one very quick scene you realize that maybe she's not going to get married to him that's just like one of the many, many subplots mm-hmm. that he runs across right. you know, as he's repeating. Uh, and then he makes sure that they actually stay together and, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, they don't really allude to like what causes the loop. It just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard to rate this movie for me because it's like the original of its kind. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it almost created a genre of movie. Right. And there's a point now where like people 
instead of saying like deja vu or like uh, something like that, they might even say like allude to it being a groundhog day. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I, I mean, I always say groundhog day, like when I'm talking about anything like that. Yeah. And like several times watching the movie, I had to be like, yeah, I mean, it's literally like a Groundhog Day. And I'm like, wait, this is the movie Groundhog Day. And this is why we say this. It isn't. Right, because Groundhog like, Day has nothing to do with that. Exactly. But like, I literally <laughs> like had to stop and think about that multiple times because I'm just so used to saying Groundhog Day. Right. When I'm talking about feeling like things are repeating over and over. Right, right. Yeah. And and so I guess like as a kid, I used to love this movie and I, and I still liked the movie. I definitely liked it. I didn't like love it. I thought I would still love it. Mm-hmm. But again, for me, it was just the fact that it's been done so many times since mm-hmm. where I feel like I've seen this movie so many times, but it's the original. Also, right. do you want to take a guess what it was on Rotten, the score? Oh, man. Well, knowing that it's really before Rotten's time, I'm going to guess like a, a 93. It's a 96. Oh, that's close. Yeah, I mean, like, real high. I think we've learned with Rotten, though, anything before the 2000s is always going to have a high number if it is, like, a film that everybody remembers. Yeah. It had a cultural impact. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Even though it's not, like, that big of a movie. It's not like this is the biggest movie of Bill Murray's career. You know what I mean? No. I will say, though, like, because we watched Scrooge over the holidays, Mm -hmm. and he basically kind of plays, like, a very similar character in this. In some ways. not Definitely not as grotesque as he has in Scrooge. There were many years apart, though, between those two roles. Yeah. But still, but, like, having, like, just, I mean, it's not often that I watch two different movies within this time span that features the same main actor. Mm-hmm. And, like, having them be very, in the same vein type of people. I was like, man, I really want some, like, happy-go-lucky Bill Murray. And I guess I'm about to get that in Garfield. <laughs> I don't know what you're about. I don't know. Garfield is not known for being happy to look. Maybe he just plays the same character again, but it's Garfield. I mean, I think it will be <laughs> to some extent. Uh, I don't know. Bill Murray, that's kind of like his thing, though. Like, have you seen Bill yeah, Murray pay, yeah, play like, a happy-go-lucky guy? No, like, I like I know. It was just like, I don't like, like, like the, like, grossly mean. Like, I'm a mean person, but, like, I'm not, like, grossly mean all the time. Yeah, but he learns to not be so mean in both of those movies. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know. Like, did you ever see Life Aquatic? No. He wasn't mean in that. Mm-hmm. In a lot of his uh, Wes Anderson movies, he's not, like, mean. But, like, everybody in Wes Anderson movies are, are weird. Yeah. Like, they're kind of, like, kind of sullen or, like... You make no emotion with your face, but you say very dry lines, and sometimes they are funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into ratings, I do want to say, for drinking rules, I'd say like it wasn't like the best drinking movie. Yeah, the rules hit. The rules do hit, the, it's but they hit hard almost, to keep track of. They hit too often, thus like you just stop doing it because it's happening so often. Uh, to some extent, so like there's some that are just harder to see, like clocks. There are a lot of clocks in this movie, yeah. but it's not easy to keep track of when you're seeing them. Mm-hmm. It's almost like fades into the background because it mm-hmm. is in the background. The days repeating, obviously, very easy to drink to. The weather is the one that's so hard because they talk about the weather so damn much. Yeah, they do. Well, he's a weatherman, too. Yeah, so I, mean, like, I mean, I get it. There's a reason it was a rule. <laughs> yeah. The Groundhog, they don't say Groundhog that much that I can think of, but I'm sure they do because every morning they talk about Groundhog Day again and stuff like that. Right. I'd give it like a 6 out of 10 on drinkability. I think you could definitely drink to this, but you'd have to pay more attention and like be more intentional about drinking to it. Yeah. It doesn't stick out as much. Yeah. Like some drinking movies do. 
it's also not bad in any way. So it's like, I'm almost talking like I didn't like this movie, but I did like the movie. Right. It's just like, it's not a bad movie. Yeah. It's just a very 80s era comedy. That came out in 93. It came out in 93. <laughs> but it feels like an 80s comedy. It does feel like a, way more like an way 80s comedy. Way more than like a 90s comedy, which yeah. would be like Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Ugh. Or Ace Ventura or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because that's what was coming out around the same time frame would be the first Ace Ventura. Yeah, I suppose. So, I mean, like, on drinkability, like, it's like, I want to give it, like, a 6 out of 10. I don't know. It wasn't my favorite drinking movie. Uh, still worth watching. And, and again, so I go for a specific tone in my drinking movies. I like them to be, uh, for the good movies, I like them to be easily drinkable and not too serious. This wasn't too serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the bad movies, I like them to be not just intentionally bad, but unintentionally bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then that gets you your scenes where you're like, you want to rewind and watch it again. Right. That type of thing. That's the fun, like, to me, that is the most fun type of drinking movie. I agree. Uh, we'll see what Garfield's like. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be bad. It's going to be very bad, but we'll see. However, there is some things that I liked about Groundhog, Groundhog Day that I wrote down. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm downplaying this movie, but I don't know why, because I like the movie. Uh, I feel like I'm around you too much. <laughs> so one. I love that he plays a weatherman who thinks that he's super famous. And throughout the whole movie, he's just like, I'm a celebrity. (laughs) Right. And like acting like people should know who he is. He's not Al Roker. No. And (laughs) is he from Pittsburgh? Is that what they're alluding to? I think so. Like that's the city they're from. And then they're going to uh, Punxsutawney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love that. He makes a lot of things about that. When he's first acting at his like most douchebaggy, he's treating everyone in the town like they're rednecks. He's calling them rednecks. Uh, even though they're from what, like what, Western Pennsylvania or something he's like that. He's calling them Hicks. Yeah, he's calling them Hicks. <laughs> he walks up to the woman who runs like a bed and breakfast that he's staying in and is like, do you have any coffee? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I bet you don't have any like espresso <laughs> or cappuccino, <laughs> which is like such an 80s or 90s era joke. Because right. they probably do have cappuccino at this point, <laughs> uh, even at the small places. But it's hilarious that he thinks that that's like super fancy. I love that. You kept laughing at the fact that the groundhog stays at Gobbler's Knob. I don't know why I found that so funny. Like, I am typically the person who, like, gets mad at people who have, like, immature humor. And I know it's immature for me to think it's so funny that it's called Gobbler's Knob. But there's something about it that is hilarious to me. Yeah. Also, there were uh, a couple of scenes that we all laughed out loud at. So the biggest scene is when he's trying to woo Rita, which he doesn't start off trying to woo her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not really interested in her for like half the movie. Mm-hmm. And then eventually starts realizing that she's nice and that he likes her and, and whatever. So when he's trying to woo her, they keep going through this same date where he's like kind of trying to sleep with her. Uh, and then that eventually changes over time. But it, initially he's like just trying to sleep with her and he goes through like all the things. So the first time that they go on this like really romantic date and it's like they go to like 10 different places and he basically like runs out of time at the end and uh, gets slapped. Uh, So he's like trying to rush things too much and then she like it backfires and then she slaps him and leaves. Mm -hmm. 
So then he's very clearly trying to do it faster in the, in the next one. So like there's this scene. <laughs> this one's funny. Where these like teens come up and they, they like start a snowball fight. And he's like, oh, you. And he's like, he's doing it so fast. And he's like, ha ha ha. Like tossing <laughs> snowballs back really fast. Are any of you up for adoption? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where he's trying to show he's a good guy, but it's all very quick. And like he hates them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. We laughed a lot at that one. I, I think he said, any chance one of you need to be adopted? Yeah. I think that was the quote. That's my favorite quote of this. I agree. That was my favorite scene, too. I do like these types of movies. They, they're they nostalgic for me. It's not like always laugh out loud funny, but that's kind of the case for most of these. And you've seen them so many times at this point. Like, I love Uncle Buck. I love those types of movies. I still will chuckle at them. Are they going to be, like, riotously funny now? Probably not. But they also right. came out, what, like, 40 years ago almost. Right. Like, some of these from the early 80s. Right. So it's like, I mean, even this one was now 30 almost 30 years ago. Right. So uh, I do want to settle one thing. We had a conversation throughout the movie about how long (laughs) he was stuck in the cycle. So Sean obviously had read all the IMDb trivia before watching the movie, which is something that Sean's really good about doing because, you know, like we're on a podcast talking about movies. We should maybe know something about them. I mean, that's a a position you could take. I don't take it, but (laughs) Sean does. Yeah. And I think it's the right position, but I just, I'm too lazy. Yeah. Well, something that I had read, and maybe it wasn't IMDb, but something I had read when I was looking up trivia for the movie was how long he was stuck. And something that I read said that it was like less than a month or maybe a little over a month. You said like 35 days. Yeah. Or 49 days is what I thought I had read. Mm-hmm. And I think I did read that. Any, either which way, it doesn't matter. He was stuck in the loop for uh, an indiscriminate length of time because the movie never says. Nobody ever said. However, I did find an article in The Independent from 2020, so April 2020. This is like new. And it says, Groundhog Day writer reveals how long Bill Murray relived the same day. Okay. Which is? Uh, So here's what was supposed to happen. Danny Rubin wrote this script and it is known. It is a known fact. This was like confirmed through various things that he was supposed to be stuck in the loop for 10,000 years. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> isn't that insane yeah. uh, so that was what the original script was going to be was that he was going to be stuck in that loop for 10,000 years I don't mm-hmm. know how they would allude to that mm-hmm. but now you're edging into a ghost story right uh, <laughs> God. kind of uh, that area uh, if you haven't seen ghost story don't do it we'll talk about it sometime <laughs> there's a very long pie eating scene you probably already have yeah alright so 10,000 years originally clearly somebody didn't agree with that and so Harold Ramis supposedly told a film critic one time when they were out somewhere that he's stuck in the loop for 10 years, which is a much more reasonable yeah, length of time. So. But also the trivia that I saw, we were all talking about how this is like, it's too short. Like, like what they were saying in the trivia was the, the number of mm-hmm. days is too, it couldn't be enough. Yeah. Because he like learns how to play the piano. He learns how to carve ice sculptures with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. He learns to do all this stuff. So uh, it makes sense. 10 years is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to say that he was stuck in the loop for 10 years. Cool. What's your official rating? Uh, I'm going to give it a 78. I'm 72. Again, I think it's a solid movie. And I think you should rewatch it. If you haven't watched it in a long time, go rewatch it. Because it's a good movie. It'll make you appreciate how it like spun off a whole line of movies. Mm-hmm. If you don't like Bill Murray... You might not like this. <laughs> I mean, this is quintessential Bill Murray, so. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't love it by any means. I liked it. I understand why it's a classic. Don't need to see it again. It was good. But have you, during the pandemic, felt like we're repeating every yeah, single year? for sure. My anxiety really feels like we're repeating every single day. <laughs> well, I mean, so, uh, it's appropriate timing. 
I agree. Let's talk about Garfield. So here's the thing about Garfield. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Garfield <laughs> in terms of like the plot or anything like that. I don't know what Garfield is about. When I chose it, I chose it just because it's notorious for being Bill Murray's admittedly worst movie. Mm-hmm. Also, it's, I think, just his worst movie. <laughs> Some people say Rock the Casbah is worse, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It has a lower IMDb or a Rotten score. So we'll see. I'm pulling up now on Rotten. Here we go. <laughs> this is not going to tell us anything about this movie. <laughs> Based on the popular comic strip, this live-action comedy follows the exploits of Garfield, played by Bill Murray, the large, lazy, and wisecracking cat owned by hapless John Arbuckle, played by Brecken Meyer. John's other housemate, Odie, is a dim but sweet dog who frequently annoys Garfield. When the conniving orange feline gets fed up with Odie, he devises a way to get rid of the pooch. However, after Garfield has a change of heart about Odie, he must find a way to get his fellow pet back. It's going to make me cry. (laughs) I mean, we'll see. (laughs) Before reading that, my shot in the dark, because I haven't seen it. My Mm -hmm. shot in the dark was going to be that he was going to do something mean to Odie and have to, to like, win him back. But Mm -hmm. now that that is literally the plot of the movie, (laughs) I don't know what to say. (laughs) So my connection to Garfield, I do think that I saw this in theaters when it came out. I don't remember a damn thing about it, but, like, Uh I feel like I saw it. Um, so my connection to Garfield, and I really need to call my mom and ask her about this, but there's some connection that she had to Garfield and it being really meaningful that she had basically every Garfield comic. Really? Yeah. But like, not like the ones in the paper, like, like the books, like the comic books. Does she still have them? Um, probably they they lived in my bedroom on my bookcase my entire childhood. If she had that since she was a child, that would probably worth money. So my, I mean, my grandfather was a kind of like a, a cartoon artist. Like his main job was like, he like painted like windows, like for stores and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then during Vietnam, he was like a cartoonist in the war. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it has a connection to that at all. Remind me to call her and ask her about it. Cause I, I am interested in why we had basically every Garfield comic ever made. Yeah, I just wonder, so, like, if she bought them in the 90s, they wouldn't be worth anything. If she had the original ones from, yeah. like, when they were first published, they might be worth something. Yeah, I, they're definitely, like, hand-me-downs. I don't, she did not buy them for me. Right. So. I was just wondering, because, like, if she bought them as a kid, because mm-hmm. that's be- before we, like, had such mass production. Yeah. That's the reason, like, none of our stuff is worth anything. Mm-hmm. Like, Pogs, Tamagotchi, Furbies, Beanie Babies, all of it was so mass-produced that mm-hmm. it's just worthless. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you get right now okay unless you get things that are like completely like uh they have like a mistake right that's how that's the only way anything's worth anything anymore from our generation is if in the means of production they like put the wrong letter somewhere or something like that but yeah well i mean that'll be interesting to see i had all the calvin and hobbs comics i didn't have all the garfield ones (laughs) i'm just calling her to see if she'll answer just calling on her cell phone Hey, we're recording an episode of the podcast right now. We're about to watch Garfield. About to watch what? Garfield, the like the live action <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> Why did we have all the the Garfield comics? Like because I loved Garfield when I was in high school, and oh my no pa, anything Garfield they bought me. That's... I bought the Garfield comics, but damn, they bought me Garfield phones, Garfield <laughs> I remember the Garfield phone. Didn't I have that at some point? Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> so when so did the you... Garfield comics 
was when I was in high school. So do you still have those in a box? I don't know. I may. You could probably get money off those now. Wow. Well, I should go look for them because I need some money. I remember we boxed them up when I went to college. Yeah. They're probably somewhere. They probably got flooded out at Mimi's. (laughs) They may have. (laughs) Or John's got them buried. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're recording right now, so I have to go. But I was trying, I was just telling the story about, about the comics and I was like, I don't know why we had all the comics. (laughs) You didn't have them. I had them. Well, I told them, I said that they were yours, but like they were on my like childhood bookshelf in my room, my childhood. They might've been. Because they were funny. Garfield's funny. I mean, I don't think I got it as a kid, but... No, but Garfield was funny when I was a kid. And Odie. I'd be, might be Odie. <laughs> okay. Okay, I love you. I'll talk to you later. I love you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, there you go. You might be on a gold mine. <laughs> Maybe. If you have a first edition... Uh, I don't know when Garfield first came out. The movie came out in 2004. Uh, Garfield as a comic strip. I don't know, like... I'm also kind of thinking of like peanuts in, in my head when I'm thinking about mm-hmm. this, but it's Garfield is not that old. Yeah. I'd say it came out probably in the 70s. Yeah. Originally published in 1976. But and if she's in high school, she could have a first edition. Yeah. I bet they'd have to be in terrible shape. Would you go to visit Alabama to go find these comic books? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone somewhere. There's Garfield collectors, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, which this brings me to my shot in the dark because I've thought about this now, uh, now that I had a little bit of time. So everybody knows about the Garfield window thing mm-hmm. where like you stick the Garfield to the side of the window mm-hmm. and it used to be like a thing to block the sun out. Mm-hmm. Right. You put it in like the back of the cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was on like a, I don't know, like an, I love the eighties or I love the nineties. One of those things mm-hmm. where they talked about, you know, that that was like huge. Like mm-hmm. everybody had them mm-hmm. and then they changed into different types of things. It wasn't always just Garfield, but it was originally Garfield. Mm-hmm. I think there's a scene in this movie where he splats against mm-hmm. a window and makes that little. No, that's definitely like in the trailer. Well, don't tell me. I didn't watch the trailer. Oh, I thought you were like, I didn't know this was your shot in the dark. I just told you it was my shot in the oh, dark. I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to drink to it. <laughs> we will drink to it. I'm really sorry, Sean. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I haven't seen the trailer in, like, what, what year did this come out? 2004. So, what's 2022 minus 2004? 18. Okay. I haven't seen this in 18 years. Yeah. Maybe I don't... Maybe I remembered wrong. Maybe. <laughs> We're going to drink to it regardless. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it took me so long to come up with a good shot in the dark <laughs> I'm for really this. sorry. Because I don't know... Like, the plot is so, you know, like, there's no detail to it. So, yeah. I can't really guess anything based on how the plot might go. Uh, I was going to guess exactly what the plot was. So <laughs> I guess I know the, <laughs> I know it pretty well. My shot in the dark, because I definitely have not seen this since 2004 and don't remember anything except possibly splatting against a window, is if like Bill Murray as Garfield breaks fourth wall. Like where he talks to you? Kind of, directly. yeah. Like it's kind of like doing like an aside. That would make sense. Do, uh, does the comics do that? I, I can't I remember. I, I don't know. Huh. Says so the girl who had every Garfield comic ever made. <laughs> My mom goes, I like Garfield. Garfield's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, before going on to uh, the other drinking rules, I did want to mention there's an interview. I can't remember what the interview was for. It might have been Collider. I think it was Collider. I don't remember, but there was a, uh, or maybe it was reported there and he actually did it through one of the larger sources. I can't remember. But he was asked one time why he did Garfield. 
Uh, and this is something we've talked about before yeah. in our friend group, because uh, our friend uh, is the one who originally told us this. So the reason that Bill Murray agreed, because Bill Murray doesn't even have an agent. Uh, one of the things he's notorious for is that he like basically acts as his own agent. So if you want to book mm-hmm. him for something, you have to call him directly and he picks and chooses personally everything that he does. Right. So he doesn't do anything that he doesn't like feel a personal connection to. Right. He's done bad stuff, clearly, but mm-hmm. like, <laughs> so like some things. But, you know, he's just choosy in that way. Garfield, he saw that it was directed by Joel Cohen. <laughs> and he thought that it was one of the Cohen brothers. <laughs> And so he was like, wow, what a weird movie for him to do. <laughs> but that guy's funny. This could be really cool. <laughs> and he read the script, but he only read the first few pages of the script. And he was like, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> and the whole time thinking that he's going to be in a Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> so funny. That was a live action version of Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, and that's how he wound up. I guess by the time he did Tale of Two Kitties or whatever, the, the sequel, he just he... Just That's joined funny. on for the money, <laughs> but well, I didn't know that there was a sequel. Yeah, oh, it's okay. called Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> we'll watch that one too sometime. I don't know. We'll see how this one goes. Yeah. What are the drinking rules? Okay, so I couldn't find any drinking rules for this movie. What? No, uh, it's notoriously bad, but I couldn't find any. That's so surprising. Yeah, um, I guess give. Uh, what's the one that we keep finding them on? The Tumblr. Garfield the movie. I couldn't find a drinking rule for it. Uh, I was trying to think what's... So, Drink When didn't have it. Um, Drunken Me. Oh, me, you're right. I can't find anything either. Uh, it's fine. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go with what we know. The synopsis for this movie is just a description of the comic strip. <laughs> right? That is all that it is. So, here's what we're going to do. Anytime that Garfield hates Mondays. Oh, man. Anytime... That Garfield doesn't want to go to, like, doesn't want to wake up. He wants, like, wants to sl- go back to sleep. Or he's being lazy. Mm-hmm. We'll just say anytime Garfield's being lazy, right? Yeah. Anytime Odie is too energetic. Yeah. Uh, when he wants lasagna or coffee. Yeah, when he wants lasagna or coffee. And anytime that John talks to Garfield. Love it. Have you read the comic strips where they take out Garfield and it's just John talking? No. <laughs> it's basically, I can't remember uh, what it's called. Uh, it's like a subreddit where they t- they take Garfield comic strips and they remove all the text but John's so that it's like showing you what it would actually be like if he was in the house doing that. <laughs> and it makes it really depressing because he's always like, how you doing there, buddy? <laughs> and then just like sitting there in silence, <laughs> like the whole thing. I mean, that's kind of what we're like. Walk around the house talking. I mean, we talk. No, to exactly. But I'm saying, like, but like the types of things he's saying, like, right. there's no joke to it anymore because there's no humor because most of the humor comes from Garfield's right. like little bubbles. Mm-hmm. So like, it just shows you like how like despondent <laughs> John is like going through his mundane life. Uh, there's also the subreddit where they made all the horror memes about Garfield. Yeah, I'm not gonna get into that one. <laughs> if you're interested in that one, go look it up. <laughs> okay, well, let's go watch this movie. All right, well, we're going to have to get ready for a shot because you already blew it. <laughs> maybe that was in Tale of Two Kitties. Uh, maybe so. <laughs> maybe I didn't know it existed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, bye. And we're back from watching Garfield. If there's one thing that's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of eternity, it's going to be the song Hey Mama by the Black Eyed Peas.
because it is the only song that is played throughout this entire movie, with the exception of when Bill Murray sings an original song to the uh, melody of uh, New York, New York. No, no, no. It was New York State of Mind. New York State of Mind. That's what it was. It was because he was singing New Dog State of Mind. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the gist that I got from this movie is that Bill Murray wasn't ever on any set and did all of his lines in one day. I completely agree with that. I was trying to look it up as we were watching it. Like, what did Bill Murray do to actually do the voice acting for this? Because everything he says is just like a snappy one-liner. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's not like... He doesn't really have any dialogue where he's like talking to someone. Mm -hmm. It's all puns. Like dad jokes. So I have a good feeling that he just sat in a room for like two hours. Red lines... And got paid. Like, he was done. Right. In one day. I have a feeling he never interacted with any of the co-stars of this movie. Because he's also shockingly CGI. Nothing in this movie is CGI. So, like, the other pets, for instance, are not CGI. Only Garfield is G- CGI. Odie is not CGI. Mm-hmm. The other, like, neighbor dogs are not CGI. The other neighbor, neighbor dogs talk. So they have, like, slightly CGI mouths that make their lips moves. Mm-hmm. But Garfield is... Like 100% cartoon. Right. Which makes no sense to me because you have three layers of CGI in this movie. Mm. One animal that is 100% CGI, a bunch of them that are like partially CGI, and then Odie that is not CGI at all. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which I I do not understand whatsoever. Right. He's surprisingly mean to Odie throughout this whole movie, so I guess it's good that he couldn't talk to make it even sadder. Or maybe it's more sad that it was just a dog whining as he got bullied by Garfield. (laughs) That's pretty sad. I mean, I mean, he bullies Odie in the books, but maybe not, like, to the extent that he does in this movie. No, I feel like he does. Like, to the extent of, like, kicking him out of the house and, like, making him sleep in the cold. That's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just... Poor Odie. Yeah. And I say books, but I guess, I mean, comic strips yeah. that were compiled in the books. Right. They really try to bring the comics into this in a way that also doesn't make sense because this is a really 2000s feeling movie. Like from the way they dress to Jennifer Love Hewitt, mm-hmm. who I don't know what she did to get forced into this role. I don't think there was any forcing. Do you think she was like beyond like... Yeah, I think she was desperate for work. <laughs> huh. In 2004 or whatever year yeah, this was? Yeah, and in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely now, but like at that point she still was doing things. Not really. Yeah. I mean, who played John Arbuckle again? I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, Brecken Meyer, is that his name? Yeah, right, right. I mean, that guy was like, he'd be happy for any role. That's, that's right? probably his biggest role right then. <laughs> but I just don't know. Uh, and I'm, I know that he came back for the second one. I'm assuming Jennifer Love Hewitt also came back for Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> We're going to have to watch that one now. No, I'm not watching Tale of Two Kitties. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen Garfield, look up Tale of Two Kitties, which is even worse. If, even if you haven't seen Garfield, look up Tale of Two Kitties. The trailer is abysmally terrible. Well, we didn't even really see a trailer because we were watching on Disney Plus and it was just a clip. Right. Disney Plus, instead of giving you trailers, just shows you like a random 30 seconds. Only like really new things have trailers. Yeah. I don't even know how they select it. I don't know Disney's like logic <laughs> behind what they show you. Because we've now done it like four or five times. And 100% of the time, it's just been a random clip. Like, yeah. not necessarily a funny clip or I feel a clip like that to was get probably you. like a Disney summer intern project where they're like, come up with an algorithm just to select a random 30 second thing that we can use for trailers on Disney Plus. But you'd think that it would be like an interesting 30 seconds that they would like flag, like, here's a scene from the movie that people enjoy watching. 
or that they have like they have metrics, you know, mm-hmm. like that they've rewound and rewatched or something mm-hmm. like that. Instead, it's like sometimes it's like feels like it's like the middle of a sentence that you just jump into. Right. And it's like somebody walking down a street and they never even say any dialogue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand it. But Tale of Two Kitties was essentially that Garfield has to go to Europe. Turns out that he's like the descendant of royal cats and that somehow he is inheriting a manor. <laughs> like as a cat, he is her- inheriting the fortune that left behind by his ancestors. That is more ridiculous than this movie. But this movie had a lot of ridiculousness, namely how 2000s it was. Also, it was sponsored the shit by a flavor blasted goldfish. (laughs) Yeah, they kept showing close ups of flavor blasted goldfish. (laughs) Like everywhere. That and I think it was like Purina. Uh, Yeah, because they so Odie (laughs) somehow like runs through a dog show. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it's just like a whole stream of product placement mm-hmm. where you just see bags of dog food and then Petco signs everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, like I can understand like Petco and Perina at the dog thing. I do not understand the flavored blasted goldfish everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they thought this was where to do it at. And you know what? It's the lasagna. They do show lasagna, of course, because it's Garfield. It's not like Stouffer's lasagna or anything. Mm -hmm. That would be the ideal place for product placement. And it's the one place they didn't have it. Right. Flavor Blasted Goldfish is not tied to Garfield. (laughs) Lasagna is. And you would think Big Lasagna (laughs) would jump in on this. I don't know who Big Lasagna is. (laughs) Uh, Stouffer's is what came to mind. But what what else is boxed lasagna? You would think that they would have jumped in on that. And and made sure that when he like fell on a truck of lasagna that it was whatever. Stouffer's lasagna. Yeah. That didn't happen. Instead, we just got Flavored Blasted Goldfish, Purina, and the Black Eyed Peas. So much Black Eyed Peas. You know, the other thing that I love reminding me from that scene with Black Eyed Peas is that there's a scene where Garfield and Odie kind of bond and start dancing together. And that's the first time you see Odie dance. And it's essentially just standing on two legs and hopping a little bit. Yep. That is the only trick he does in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. But everybody who sees Odie do it is basically like this is a genius this dog is so talented yeah. it wins him the the dog show that i just mentioned <laughs> that he runs yeah. through and then there's an entire kidnapping plot because he's such a good dog at jumping on his hind legs right and it's the villain uh the, well the villain of this is from is in groundhog day oh yeah he's the guy that uh bill murray always runs into on the street yeah. who's telling him like hey i haven't seen you in a long time yeah the guy yeah. we were talking a ton about earlier yeah <laughs> Anyway, so he's the villain of this, and the whole premise is that he runs almost like a circus act, uh, but he essentially just goes local news station to local news station doing these, like, dog tricks. And in his mind, he's going to get, like, rich and famous off of touring the nation's local TV stations doing dog tricks. So when he sees Odie at the competition, he knows that Odie can, like, jump on his back legs, uh, like which is, quote, dancing. Mm-hmm. And that's why he, like, eventually kidnaps Odie. Mm-hmm. Though Odie is kidnapped because Garfield kicks him outside. Right. <laughs> like, doesn't let him in the house. <laughs> that is the dumbest premise. It really is. Dogs that, like, go to the circus or on TV or do other things or win dog shows can do way more than just jump on their back legs. Right. And that is the only... He spins a little bit while he's doing it, but not one other thing. Also not dancing with someone. It's not like he, like... You know, you hold his paws and then he dances with you. He literally just does that one thing. 
Also, is it weird that, like, I've, like, I've been trying to reflect on this and say, like, is this more about me that I'm offended by his $100 reward for Odie? <laughs> like, I love our dog, Ida B, so much. And if she was, like, missing to the point, like, we've looked for her and we couldn't find her. Like, we did lose Ida B last year, and it was the most traumatic 40 minutes Very temporarily. Yeah. Also not our fault. She literally, like, squeezed herself. Yeah. Either she squeezed herself under a gate that was closed mm-hmm. or went, like, around and through a hole that mm-hmm. we didn't know about. Yeah. She got real far. She got two houses down and went to their back door. And then they opened, they got home, opened their car door, and she just hopped in their car. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then went and got a treat and then came back and was perfectly okay. <laughs> yeah. She went through the uh, the bank drive through and... They gave her a treat at the bank. What a weird dog. But, okay, so that had a happy ending. If at some point, like, I knew that, like, she was not being found, like, baseline, $500 to bring me my dog back. Like, I well, would... Well, don't say that on the podcast. This is how... This is the premise of a, <laughs> of a movie in itself. It is. <laughs> where somebody hears us say this and then kidnaps I to be... Or dog naps, whatever you call it. And then uh, we have to go pay $500 because they know... <laughs> right. But you know what? I couldn't there. can't do a single trick. So yeah. she definitely can't stand up and jump around on her back legs. So nobody's looking for her. Yeah, I don't know. But if this was a prize dog and like this guy looks like he has a decent job. He lives in a nice house. He can afford more than $100 to get his dog back. Probably. I mean, upset to 200. Whoop, whoop. We had a discussion about this during the movie, though, because I have a different understanding of why you offer money for a dog. It's just to incentivize people to look. Yeah, exactly. Right. But you can incentivize people to look for $100, especially in 2000, whatever this was, three or four. No, I really need people to drop what they're doing and go find my dog. Sure. (laughs) And our dog is just such a slap happy, wonderful dog that if I found an Ida B, I just wouldn't want to give her back. Unless you're offered $500. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? That's surprising because she was that dog and she was in a pound. She was. And we didn't pay $500 for her. Tell you that much. We didn't. So myth busted. We did on those teeth though. Yeah, that's the truth. (laughs) Anyways, how did you feel about drinkability with this movie? I thought this had a lot of good moments to drink to. It's like almost more fun. It's the type of movie where you want to rewind and rewatch a scene and drink to it for that i agree but also like i hated this movie so much that like it took away from how fun it was Hmm. to drink like i was just like not enjoying the movie i thought the movie was surprisingly enjoyable i thought i was gonna hate it more (laughs) i don't think it was a good movie i wouldn't want to rewatch it but what i'm saying is as a movie that we're drinking and trying to laugh to i think that this had enough in it to laugh to i disagree I do think that we had, like, good laughable moments and, like, we made it fun. But, like, it felt like a chore to watch. So that's it. What do you think I rated this movie? Oh, I don't know. But what's your rating for drinkability? I'm going to give it, like, a 7 out of 10 because it is really drinkable. I was also going to give it a 7 out of 10. But I think that if you were to just drink when you see ridiculous scenes. Yeah. Like, the, what we laughed the most at in this were things like the Black Eyed Peas scene. Yeah. Or the <laughs> new dog state of mind. Like, those types of things. <laughs> is what that That's what we laughed at throughout this movie. Right. 
Also, the idea that John Arbuckle like can't keep his pets in his house. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this movie is a story about how he is not a good pet owner. Literally. He doesn't ever put his any of his pets on a leash or, to my knowledge, even have a collar on them. Yeah. Odie runs away like three times in this movie. <laughs> and the last time is when he's dog napped. So, like, I, and one of those times is when he runs to the, the dog show that mm-hmm. he inadvertently wins. Right. So, I don't know. What did you think I rated this movie? In terms of how good of a movie it is. Yeah. I think it's going to be real low. I don't know if it's single digits. I'd say in the teens. A six. <laughs> I didn't think it would be that low. It is. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't enjoy this movie. Yeah. <laughs> did I hurt your feelings with that? No, no. I mean, I chose it because Bill Murray thinks it's his worst movie. <laughs> He's not wrong. It's his one regret in life. Well, I regret it for him as well. What did you rate this? I am going to give it a 20. Not good. I liked it more than I thought I would like it, but not good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's terrible. Like, it, it's straight up like, <laughs> it's terrible. It's hard for me to express <laughs> what I mean because it, it's a really bad movie. Everything about like the CGI is not good. The acting is not good. The writing is not good. The writing is not good. Like the storyline is stupid. The CGI is not good. Mm-hmm. The jokes are not particularly great. Mm-hmm. But when you put all that together, I still enjoy laughing at it. Less because, like, they're trying to make me laugh, but more at, like, what a mess it is. Yeah. And the because of how, like, it feels a lot like high school, mm-hmm. just looking at it. Right. And, like, knowing that they thought they were being, like, so cool by playing Black Eyed Peas, <laughs> like, on the TV and having the dogs <laughs> dance to it. That's like a who let the dogs out scene, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, it's a good movie night. Yeah. What do we have up next? So, up next is a pairing that I actually... I'm really excited about because this is a guest pick, but it is two movies that I myself have thought about pairing multiple times. So for the good movie, Galaxy Quest. Never seen it. So with Tim Allen and uh, Alan Rickman and a lot of other famous people. We'll get into that next week. It's a great movie. I used to love this movie. I still love this movie, probably. The bad movie, though, pairing on Tim Allen is I don't know if I could say it's Tim Allen's worst movie. It probably isn't his worst movie. Just thinking about it. Uh, we just watched all three Santa Clauses, and you're going to say... Santa Claus 1 is a classic. At I, this point, Santa that. Claus... At, at this point, Santa Claus 1 is literally a classic. I know, but we just watched Santa Claus 3, and that was bad. That was bad. It might or might not be worse than this, the bad movie pairing in this. Now, okay. Santa Claus 2, I think, was like not... It yeah, was somewhere I like in Santa between. Santa Claus 2. Santa Claus? Yeah, I like Santa Claus. <laughs> I think that Santa Claus 1 and 2 are fine. Santa Claus 3 actually ties into the movie we're about to say. So maybe Tim Allen does his worst work in the presence of Martin Short. <laughs> well, maybe. Because Martin Short played Jack Frost in that movie, and that was the worst part. Okay, what movie is it? Jungle to Jungle. Such a childhood staple of mine. Yeah, I used to watch that movie all the time. I guess on the Disney Channel? Is it a Disney movie? Uh, Yeah. We're going to watch on Disney Plus, I can tell you that much. (laughs) Well, from what I remember, I used to think that this movie was funny and I really enjoyed watching it. But looking back on the early to mid 90s, whenever this movie came out, this movie has a lot of issues. (laughs) Like not just it being not a great movie with bad acting, Mm -hmm. but I can just see like the visuals. I don't hardly remember any scenes from this movie. Mm -hmm. I know a couple. I remember a couple big ones, but I can just see... In my mind's eye, the <laughs> the really bad jokes that this is going to make. 
Yeah, I can I can feel it in my bones. The premise is that this white kid with a white mother and white father who's raised in a village becomes completely tribal, like in the most insensitive way, <laughs> like to the extent mm-hmm. that he doesn't understand anything. Right. Even though his mother was there to describe everything to him about everything. Right. Also, I, I can't hardly remember, but I'm pretty sure that the villagers are depicted in pretty terrible ways, too. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that I, like, I watched this movie so many times. Like, it's one of those movies that, like, I probably wore out the VHS tape of it. But you're right. Like, I can I can remember, like, very specific things, but I cannot remember important things like how were indigenous people represented. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you right now, not well. <laughs> <laughs> And we can discuss that, that more later, but I mean, it's Tim Allen in the 90s, so yeah. <laughs> you can make your deductions there. Yeah, for sure. Oh, this will be a, that'll be a good pairing. Yeah, I think it'll be really good. Like I said, Galaxy Quest will hopefully balance out some of that movie. And if you have never seen it, then I'm excited for that because it's great. Also, has a lot of people in it that are pretty great now that we didn't know at the time. Well, good movie night. And we'll be back next week with Galaxy Quest and Jungle to Jungle. Yep. All right. Bye.